In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. At Planet Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Now extend it through January 31st. You can join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Located at 5010 West Overland Road. Offer expires January 31st. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling 
on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. 359 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Indeed, indeed, indeed. We are live at Living Culligan, funky like a monkey, if you will. And I am Chris Featherstone as so join us on Twitter and at Crave Wrestling. Join us on the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having this person on live right now. Another live Q&A for you. You're welcome <laughs> because I like the PNP Nation so much. Uh, bring you live Q&As. So in, 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 uh, in, in return, do that. Boom. Join the Patreon uh, in, in return. Um, and the, the address is right there. Boom. Uh, so I, I put I put some work in for y'all to bring this person in. I've had him on my show before, and uh, it was an it was an interview. This time is going to be a live Q and A. So uh, we're going to have a lot of interaction and see where there's already a lot of interaction in the, in the chat. We're going to have some fun. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, he's Eastern Time. I'm Eastern Time. It's late. Uh, so let's do this, Chris. Masters, how are you tonight, sir? What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. And for for those listening live, uh, Chris and I, uh, we we we've been chatting quite a bit over the past week or so, and uh, we both were excited about tonight. Uh, excited about him being on the show tonight, and he told me, man, this weekend. Uh, he was uh, mildly injured uh, during a match, right? Yeah, yeah, I took a bad kick to the throat. So uh, if you have any trouble understanding me, uh, I basically lost my voice. But I'm trying my best here for you, and I'm happy to be back on uh, Pancakes and Power Slams. Good to uh, talk to you again. Likewise, Chris. And um, was what's uh what city and state was it so what what happened man was it uh, i mean of course i'm sure it wasn't like a le- legit shot on in the neck but how did it happen oh i just i'm not gonna re- reveal who did it but uh i took a kick i came up the second not. rope and uh yeah. my opponent put the boot up caught me in the neck and then my neck actually whiplashed back and i got a concussion as well so uh that's the uh, oh, price of pro wrestling sometimes. Oh, yikes. Got a concussion, yeah. too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Man. I had a headache so, over the past uh, two days. Yikes. Are you uh, shelled for a while now? Uh, well, I do have to go to India this weekend, so there's no canceling that. But uh, I'll just have to be careful and not take any headshots. Yeah, be careful, man, because I know that it's even a hazard to to fly when you have a concussion. So, um, yeah, that's the life of a pro wrestler, I guess, right? Yeah, yikes, man, that sucks. That's, um, <laughs> so, what's uh, what's the recovery? What's what's your recovery looking like? Uh, you know, my girlfriend's actually a physiotherapist, so that helps out a lot. So she's been doing uh, different oh, sure. various things. Yeah, various things to uh, help it out. She's got this stem thing that you actually run along your head and uh, acupuncture, all kinds of little things. But, I mean, mainly it's just trying to rest and not doing uh, anything that's too physically, you know, 
that's too physical uh, up until I wrestle yeah. at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's get into these questions so we don't uh, we don't get we don't keep Chris for too long. Um, so let's see how we're going to do this today. So it's usually ask Chris for me every week. So let's just do ask Chris Masters. Uh, I'll put the hashtag on there. We'll just do ask Chris Masters. Um, and yeah, uh, and so some so GHP is saying salute Chris Masters for mastering through the interview, pun intended. So hopefully that brings some levity uh, to, to to your night. To your uh, how's your hair? I mean, do you still have a headache right now? No, no headache. Uh, actually, today the headache subsided, so that's a positive note. But uh, I'm my voice is slowly coming back. It was much worse yesterday, so this is actually much better. Well, that's good. That's at least there's progress there, so that's that's good to know. Um, so let's get uh, let's have some questions here. Mahmoud is uh, asking, uh, ask Chris Masters, who created your character as the masterpiece? Um, well, I've told this story a few times, but uh, as most people know, my real last name is Mordetsky, and when I got signed to WWE and went to OVW they immediately changed it to masters. And then maybe a couple months thereafter, uh, uh, I was hanging out with Matt Morgan and a few others from OVW and Matt Morgan actually came up with the idea of masterpiece, Chris masters. And it was all kind of playing to the, uh, body type Rick Rue type Paul Orndorff, uh, kind of character. So, uh, and then from there evolved into the master lock and, uh, in WWE. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 really cool. That uh, <clears throat> that, like you said, a brick rude Paul Orndorff type of type of character. And um, I think I think Paul Orndorff, um, although you know he's in the Hall of Fame, I think he's I think he's overlooked a lot in just the annals of pro wrestling history. I think. Um, I think he's I think he's overlooked because um, he 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 was such a big uh, contribution to the advent of the Saturday Night's main event you know fame with with Hogan team with Hogan turning on Hogan and you know I think just really the the the, the mid eighties to late eighties um, a lot of people I mean he was big then but just just uh, the overall landscape of pro wrestling history I think. Paul Orndorff is, uh, is is underrated to me personally. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think absolutely. I think uh, I was just going to say the same thing. I think he was a really big deal throughout the 80s. And I can only think that um, WWF at the time really took off maybe towards, uh, you know, even much more towards the late 80s and 90s after Paul Orndorff. So maybe that's why he might be overlooked to a lot of people, but yeah, he was heavily involved in a lot of the early Hulk Hogan stuff. So, uh, and then, mm-hmm. you know, I just know, I know that Vince McMahon held him in a high regard. So, cause as soon as I came in, he was uh, drawn to me cause he felt like I resembled Paul, Paul Orndorff. So, uh, you know, he was oh, definitely nice. a big thing. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Wild Boy's asking, did you enjoy tagging with Carlito? Oh, looks like we lost him. Uh, we'll gain him back here. Um, all right. So uh, as 
as Chris calls back in the studio, looks like his call dropped, but, uh, you know, we're live, pal. There he is, back on the scene. I apologize. And he's back, ladies and gentlemen. Damn Chris technology. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's see. He couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so somebody asked about Carlito and it made you hang up. Come on, Chris. <laughs> uh, wild boy. Wild boy's asking, did you enjoy tagging with Carlito? And this time, don't hang up. <laughs> um, absolutely enjoyed teaming with Carlito. And we always look back, and I don't think we even really got to scratch the surface of what we could have done up in WWE. Uh, I thought we had really great chemistry in terms of, uh, you know, the pre-tapes we did, in terms of even the uh, in-ring matches. I mean, you know, it was just a lot of uh, – it was very entertaining, I think, watching him and me go at it. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, working with him up and down, uh, whether it be in WWE. I've worked with him a lot, uh, even on the independent scene over the last few years. And uh, it's always a good time when Carlito's around, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Someone's asking me a trivia. Ask Chris, who was the first person? That was uh, Bobby Lashley, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bobby Lashley was uh, the guy who broke it, and uh, it never recovered after that, quite honestly. That's a good point. Yeah, the the, yeah. the potency of the master lock. So what are your thoughts on that? Was it, um, was it scheduled? Like, how did for, – for, for it to be built up for so long to be an unbreakable move, and, of course, if anybody would break the master lock, Bobby Lashley – totally made sense because he's a he's a monster but uh what was the plan with that though as far as just bobby breaking it and then were you supposed to kind of rebuild yourself and just go back to the unbreakable what was the what was the point of that you know i don't think they were too worried about necessarily what i was doing at that point because well first of all bobby definitely from a physical aspect was the right guy uh in terms of size and whatnot but um I think it was primarily because at that time they were building um, Bobby towards that match with uh, Donald Trump and Vince and all them. And I mean, you kind of know how it goes. Like usually somebody's got to take a fall in order to build somebody for a big program or a big marquee matchup like that. And uh, you know, they just probably figured that this was, that was the right time. And uh, that was exactly the amount of juice that Bobby needed going into that match so uh i mean yep. that's the conclusion I, they don't actually come out and tell you anything like that but you know you can kind of you know read between the lines and see what's going on and what they're building towards yep 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 uh again the hashtags are either ask masters or ask chris masters either either one of those work uh we've got a we've got a chris on this we've got another chris on this show today Usually, action Chris is, uh, is what they, yeah, that's what they usually use for me when they, I get, uh, I, I got the best chat room ever, and they, they uh, ask me questions uh, every week. So usually, ha- you have the ask, uh, the the hashtag of ask Chris. Um, so now it's just but, yeah, so so we'll just we'll either do Axe Chris Masters or Axe Masters, either one of those works. So let me just read through these here. Um, Mo is asking, uh, do you have any interest in joining AEW? Uh, well, uh, 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm still obviously doing professional wrestling. Um, I don't think you can close the door to anything like that. I mean, it's a very interesting wrestling world now. It's very popular again. It's very nice to see All In being a great success has been good for the whole business. I can tell you personally because I've worked um, every weekend pretty much over the last year. So it just it definitely shows that the wrestling business is in a good place. And um, I wouldn't say no to any opportunity that comes along, uh, whether it be WWE, AEW. You know, I'm not necessarily striving to make a return to WWE or anything like that, but you just you can't really close the door to anything like that. If it comes along, you at least got to listen. You have to entertain the idea. And, you know, it'd just be yep. stupid to say otherwise, really, if you want to continue doing this line of work. Good point. Very good point. Um, got some good questions here. Blaze is asking um, if you could face someone of the NXT roster, who would it be and why? Um, you know, I'm kind of out of the loop with who's on the NXT roster, but I would say uh, I know there's that guy, um, Black, from who's from the UK originally, who's on the UK or on the NXT roster now, and I was Alex very fond Black. of him when I... Yes, exactly. So when I, I met him in Germany... and used to uh, be uh, Tommy Ann. That's it. Yeah, Tommy Ann, that's what I knew him as. I didn't know uh, mm-hmm. what his alias is in WWE, but... Um, he was a tremendous guy and a, a hell of a talent. And uh, him and then, um, obviously, they got Ricochet up there. They have uh, the champ. Uh, yep. So um, any one of those guys would be great. Yeah. Uh, if you could come back for another run as Chris Masters, who would you want to face on the current main roster? Um. Well... I'm partial to this guy because I've had great matches with him in the past. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I've always thought that he was a phenomenal talent, probably one of the best in-ring guys, uh, very physical, but in the best possible way. And he brought out the best in me every time I worked him. And so to work with him for me would be a guaranteed great return because I just know that uh, we have the same mentality when it comes to wrestling and uh I just know that we can go out there and put on a hell of a match. Mm-hmm. Gross is asking, what was the atmosphere like at WrestleMania 22? Oh, man, it was amazing. Uh, just the ultimate adrenaline rush, the ultimate high. It was, uh, I mean, it was the ultimate thrill. It's everything you could have ever wanted. Um, growing up, loving this business, wanting to get into pro wrestling. And then, uh, you know, it kind of culminating in that experience. It was uh, definitely one of the highlights of uh, my career, along with uh, obviously a few other matches around that time. But um, I just remember it, like I said, when I walked down that ramp, it was was everything and more of what I expected. That's awesome. How do you feel about your return to WWE? Go ahead. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. You were actually... Oh, no, I was just going to say we were actually... Oh, no, I want to hear more about WrestleMania 22. Well, we were supposed to actually win the tag titles on that WrestleMania, but it did get switched on us um, within, 
I think a day before to where they were going a different route where they actually wanted to split Carlito and me up. So, I mean, that goes to show everybody how kind of uh, things change in the business just like that. You can never really account, like count on something necessarily happening until it actually happens, even if they tell you so. Yep. Very true. I remember you talking about that on the start last time about how <clears throat> just the last minute uh, decision was. Yeah. Now, was it actually at, was it actually at Mania that they changed the decision, or was it like a day or so, or a few days beforehand? You know, I can't completely recall. It was definitely uh, either the day before. I'm, I'm thinking it was the day before, but it could have even been the day of. But I know that we were under the impression, and we were told that we were going over, and then it got switched uh, most likely on the day before. But it's been a long time, and I've taken a lot of headshots, obviously. So, yeah. Very true. Um, wow, that's that's still. I mean, <clears throat> we talked about that on the show before uh, when you were on, but still, even hearing that again, it was just that just has to be. Oh I mean, man, I can know, I can talk uh, that man. I've I've actually had finishes that have gotten changed while in the match, so that that would go to wow. show you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but <clears throat> weren't you supposed to? There was a singles run that they were setting up for you too that they they pulled the plug on, didn't they? Uh, well, yeah, a few, almost like a few different times. But um, the the first one was when I first debuted and on, and that was when I fell into the. Uh, I had to go in for rehab, that sixty day rehab. So I was slated yeah. to win the Intercontinental title, and then uh, basically that they pulled the plug on that one because I was going through personal issues at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, how do you feel about your return to WWE in 2009? Uh, it was fun. I had a good time. I got to really work on my craft in terms of becoming a better in-ring wrestler. Uh, obviously I didn't get the push that I got from the first time around, which was unfortunate. But um, I was still basically on every house show, every weekend, and working, like, a tremendous amount of dates. So, um, you know, a lot of good, but then a lot of bad, too, at the same time, with just not being used and being frustrated with that aspect. But I just tried to channel that as much as I could and make use of the time that they were giving me on the B show. At that time, I think it was, uh, what was it at that time? It wasn't the yeah, superstars. So uh, the beauty of superstars is you get a lot more time to play with in terms of match. So, you know, a lot of guys go out on SmackDown and they're told they have, you know, six minutes, they get to Gorilla, and then they end up only having four or even three. Uh, so on superstars, I was able to have, you know, a legitimate two segments to work with and really uh, uh, expand upon uh my in-ring craft and work on storytelling and being emotionally invested, you know, all those little things that really uh, help you have a great match. And, uh, you know, it really kept me going. Yeah. I remember last time we talked, you were talking about how you actually enjoyed that baby face run while you were competing at superstars, because it really, because as a heel, you don't have to necessarily be a good wrestler. You know, your care, you have to be a good character to to set up a good baby face to carry the load a lot, you know, and so yeah, like with 
well, the thing is with a baby face, typically the baby face has to be a good wrestler most of the time, you know, because, you know, from, from a traditional standpoint, a lot of the heels were the big guys who, who could barely even move, um, you know, like the Andres and the Bundys and the Studs and the Earthquakes, you know, they were the big, the big, you know, intimidating bad guys, you know, the, the characters while the Savages and the Bretts uh, and the steamboats, they, they, they were the, the, the baby faces that carried the load a lot. And, you know, and superstars, I saw that with you playing that baby face character with really uh, using your athletic ability, you know, this, as a heel, the master, the masterpiece character carried a lot of your persona. But when you had that baby face run and competing in superstars a lot, we got to saw we got to see your athleticism as a baby face, and uh, you know that that's that's really kind of the silver lining, and, and and you didn't get the opportunity, but at the same time, you know you did get to work on your athletic ability and your your in ring ability. So, you know, uh, glass half full. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, yeah, definitely. GHP uh, is asking, uh, be a, being a wrestler on the road, sometimes eating habits can be a little unhealthy. What are some of your food choices? Well, a staple for a lot of the wrestlers, actually, uh, funny as it sounds, is uh, Waffle House. And that's because Waffle House is always open. It's convenient. You can get steak and eggs at any time of the day. And, uh, you know, so, and waffle and having steak and eggs is much better than going to McDonald's or Burger King, for instance. So, you know, that, that is something that we ended up hitting up very often. Yeah. Jerry's asking, how do you feel about the current guys in the WWE roster being so small back then guys like you were considered big now these little guys are competing, and it's a joke. That's what Jerry said. That's uh, I, I'm, I'm uh, saying verbatim what Jerry said. Uh, uh, I don't know if you and I you necessarily feel that way, but, you know. It's just a new day. I mean, everything evolves in life, and um, it's definitely a different um, – you know, you definitely see a different type of different types of guys in pro wrestling that you'd ever see even back in my kind of era. And I don't know. I don't know if I can really form an opinion on it. I don't, I'm not saying I dislike, I'm not saying I like, I just, uh, it just seems like a completely different product almost, you know, like pro wrestling has changed a lot and, uh, there doesn't seem to be as much emphasis on everybody being, you know, six, five, 280 pounds as much as it was in the eighties or the nineties or even my era. So, uh, yeah. You know, it just, it always comes down to the consumer. I mean, if wrestling is uh, still popular and, and drawing the numbers it used to, then you can't really argue with it. But uh, if it's declining, then there might be an argument for what he's saying. There might be an argument to bring in guys. Because when I broke in, it was all about, even if people didn't know who you were, you at least standing out if you walked into a restaurant or walked into a bar or at least looking like you could kick anybody's ass in the restaurant or bar. And, uh, you know, that's the argument. A lot of this, you know, with a lot of these guys, it doesn't look like they look like average guys. So, you know, again, it just depends on how that's working in, you know, this world of pro wrestling. And I haven't seen the ratings recently. I don't know 
particularly how it's doing, but I mean, it seems like the product's still strong regardless. Uh, it is from a digital standpoint. Uh, Ratings-wise, it's reached like historic lows. Unfortunately, uh, around Christmas time, it's uh, dipped really bad. It was actually under two. Um, and it was. It was. It's been quite on the decline. Uh, Vincent Man well, actually. There might, there might be something it. to be said for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's not. It's not really trending up much. Um, it's still it's it's really struggling to even make three at this point. Uh, Twenty years ago, it kind of camped around the six mark, and uh, now it's really struggling to even make three uh, half of that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think Jerry has a point here. Um, <laughs> the the little guys competing and it's a joke. I, there's there's some. You know, like a like a Daniel Bryan is a little guy, but you know he his character his character is still pretty good. I think one of the biggest things that I've seen with WWE's product is that it's not very character heavy anymore, and I think that's something. I think that's a I think that's a foolproof plan to have a successful product in a lot of times because as much people want that in ring action, it's still a comic book come to life. That's what I call professional wrestling. And I think it's important to really continue and keep that character aspect because people are coming to see, they're not coming to see like guys in tights just kind of <laughs> wrestle around with each other. They're going they're they coming to, to see larger than live personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. So I think when you take that away, you're just really taking people's inches away to even invest in a product. So that's just my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Sports Huddle's asking. I got a few questions for you. We don't want to keep Chris too long. Let's let let him get some rest. Yeah, so he rest that throat, man. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. We've got uh, there was a good, really good one here. Sports Huddle was asking. Okay, um, would you like to work as a producer or a trainer one day in the pro wrestling industry? Um, well. I never thought about that until much recently when I saw Sean Navari got hired and Hurricane Helms got hired and uh, Jeff Jarrett got hired. And, you know, I had talked to Sean Navari and he told me what a great time he was having. And uh, I never thought about it until recently. And actually it is something I would definitely be interested in. I definitely love the art and the craft of what we do. I love, uh, the creative process of it. I like being involved in it. So that's definitely something I've thought a lot more about in terms of the future and what I can possibly contribute towards pro wrestling. And uh, I think being a producer would actually be a lot of fun. And I think it would be a way for me to apply my brain, uh, you know, in the wrestling world rather than just, uh, you know, just actually trying to physically wrestle myself for the next 20 years, for instance. So, yeah. Um, definitely something I'm interested in. Yep, absolutely. Um, oh, good question here. Whether the masterpiece worked in a new version of Evolution, or I'm, I'm going to even reword that question: Would the masterpiece work in the original version of <laughs> of Evolution? Well, there was rumors at the time that I might have been involved in that, and that would have actually been really cool because uh, they did uh, a really good job with that group. Um, I mean, I who am I to say if I would fit in it? I mean, I was uh, travel buddies with Randy Orton for quite a while, so I'm sure there's that aspect. Um, but, uh, 
you know, Batista was awesome. I mean, everybody loves Flair and Hunter is Hunter. He's uh, the man in his business now. So uh, I would be definitely honored to be in a position like that. Yeah. All right, literally two more questions, guys. I apologize. I'm going to cut it off. Um, Let's see. Okay, this one's good. How do you feel about Cena saying that you were the strongest competitor he faced in his career? Well, um, that coming from Cena, that means a lot because I've seen Cena work out, and the guy is legitimately a mutant. I mean, uh, we started in pro wrestling the exact same day together down in UPW in California. So I've kind of watched his whole process and watched him uh, evolve into into who he is today. And, I mean, the guy is legitimately a beast. I mean, he uh, when he goes in the gym, it's, uh, it's no joke. So for him to put over my strength like that is definitely a huge compliment. And, you know, I got to say, I uh, honestly – he was motivation for me because I saw how quick he had his success. But since we did start training the same day, I ended up getting injured. I fractured my ankle and I had to have surgery, but I always use Cena kind of as my, uh, you know, somebody I looked up to in terms of, uh, let me kind of follow in his ways in terms of breaking into the business. And, uh, cause he got signed shortly after I got injured and, uh, you know, I kind of followed his process a little bit and worked on myself and then came back a couple of years later. So, uh, you know, any compliment from him is definitely uh, an honor and uh, very humbling. Yep, certainly. All right, I'll end it with this one here. Name someone you had real heat with in the locker room. Uh, well, you know, I'll always say that JBL was not the kindest person to me upon entering WWE. Uh, And I know there's a dynamic of, or at least back then there was a dynamic of, uh, you know, uh, you know, breaking in young guys and uh, respect for your elders, which, which I had, but um, you know, I look at it now, like it was, you were kind of sent when you were sent to WWE, there were certain guys who were there to test you and JBL definitely tested me. I mean, he made my life hell on those uh, tribute to the troop shows, but we know eventually what happened to him on one of those tribute to the troop shows where he got knocked out by Joey Styles. So I think that story ended on a perfect note. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would like to say I don't still hold a grudge to this day, but when I think about it, he's, uh, the way he treated me on some of those, it does still annoy me. Hmm. Well, uh, you, you brought up Joey Style, so uh, that's a good point there. So, Chris, it's yeah, been a pleasure, was man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, get you some rest, man. Thank you. I mean, listen, I, Chris, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, sticking, you know, to your word and, and still coming on the show. You de- definitely did not have to by having a concussion and a uh, jacked up uh, throat still decided to, uh, you know, um, stay true to your commitment, man. I, listen, you didn't have to do that. So I appreciate that very much, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. Chris, thank you very much for having me on. I just hope everybody could understand me well enough. Did I sound okay? Yes, there's, yes, you did. There's a lot of uh, comments uh, telling you to feel better and, and uh, commenting based on your uh, comments. We just uh, there's one comment that just said uh, Joey Styles. Oh my God! 
so uh, they heard you want to quit. Hey, can I take one second just to plug uh, social media? Obviously, uh, on oh, Twitter yeah. at Chris. I was definitely about to ask you that. On Twitter at Chris Adonis. And on Instagram, it's ChrisMasters310. So just hit me up there for any questions, booking matters, interviews, anything like that. Yes, yes. Uh, that's, uh, we're definitely, I was definitely going to get there. And I also want to give you an opportunity to uh, plug any dates you got coming up. You say you're going, going to India, and what else you got? I'm going to India next weekend for Russell Square. I'm going to uh, Pennsylvania on the second week of March, uh, possibly the UK on March 1st, London, and then uh, Naples, Italy on the third week of March. And um, wow. there is – oh, and then and then back to India again after that, actually. But I don't have the information on the that India booking. So yeah, a lot of wow. There's still a lot of work out there. A lot of international work too. Yeah, you are now the international superstar, Chris Masters, Chris, Mr. Chris international Adonis. baby, yeah. Mr. International. I like yeah. it. I like it, man. That's awesome. What are you doing for uh, Mania weekend? Uh, you know, actually, I did get booked for an independent. I don't have the uh, information on hand, but I will be. Uh, attended. There will be a show on April 2nd, I believe, that I'm booked on, and I'm going to do everything I can, obviously, to head over to WrestleCon, because that's always definitely a, a great event to go to. So uh, look for me over there and come and say hi if you come down for the weekend. And uh, again, April 2nd, there's a show. I don't have the information, but I'm sure you can find it. We can find everything nowadays. Yeah, perfect. All right, sounds good, man. I'll be there doing coverage. Uh, I do coverage live uh, on WrestleMania weekend, man. I'll, I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, shoot me a text. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. All the right, show. Chris. Thank you. Take care. All right, bye bye. You too. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, uh, Chris Masters, for being on the show tonight, man. Awesome stuff. Uh, thanks you. Thank you so much. Uh, in the midst of a daggone concussion. Um, wow. Just the, the the craziness of the pro wrestling business. Dude got a concussion this weekend, and uh, just a, uh, someone almost crushed his throat, lost his voice, and he still uh, stayed to his commitment to come on the show, man. That's, uh, you know, you know what? I haven't done this in a while, and uh, I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to give uh, Chris Masters one of these uh, apologies, man. He deserves it. Good stuff. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the show. All right. Well, we got the PNP Nation. Um, uh, Mahmoud is asking uh, how he got it. He was at a he he had a, in a, a match this weekend. He said, and um, he got uh, kicked in the throat. Uh, it wasn't intentional, but he got kicked in the throat. So he got a concussion and um, he lost his voice. So uh, Wild Boy, yes, he is very humble. We've uh, chatted offline a bunch, and uh, he's a he's a really nice guy. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very nice guy. <clears throat> um, and hopefully, um, I'll send him a text during mania. Cause you know, I do live coverage. Um, I usually do it on the wrestling Inc. Uh, Facebook live. So I'll send him a text, see where he's at. Maybe we can do a, a, a live, live interview that weekend with him. So stay tuned. 
Um, I usually do that last <laughs> last year. I texted uh, good buddies with uh, Lance Archer, so we did that. I did a live interview with him. I texted Billy Gunn, um, did an interview with him um, last last year uh, live, and also did some indie work. Did an interview with uh, Garza Jr. That was actually when Garza Jr. was uh, there were some some rumblings going on with Garza Jr. Um, but uh, that was almost a year ago, so we haven't seen anything much after that. So, but yeah, stay stay tuned. Of course, follow me at Chris Prolific. Follow Pancakes and Power Sam the Crave Wrestling. Join the Patreon. Um, and, and again, man, I, I uh, if you like these interviews, I cannot stress it enough. I put a lot of work in these interviews to to have this product. See, this is why I've talked about this before. I was going to restrict the interviews uh, on Patreon only, but, you know, I do it for you. So um, I, I came up with a, with a proposition. I said, I'll keep giving these weekly interviews. If I get more people to um, get on the Patreon, haven't had many, many more of the Patreon. So, if you uh if you want to keep these interviews, I love giving you all these interviews, but it it takes a lot of my time. I'm a current PhD student, uh, working on my dissertation on uh, about to start the fourth chapter of five, finishing up some some loose ends on my <clears throat> on my third chapter, about to start my fourth chapter out of five, and so that is the bulk of my time working on my dissertation to become a doctor. Uh, I want to stay close. I want to stay true to my time frame. I, I want to get everything done and, and, and become a doctor by the fall. So I've been doing a lot of work with my dissertation. Uh, so I still make sure that I give you guys what you want, <clears throat> get these weekly interviews. It's been like three straight years, every single week for like three straight years. I've had an interview. Um, I had interviews before like once or twice a month. But since 2016, um, I've had an interview every single week here on the show. So support the show. If you're looking at this, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, whether you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, Audio Boom, iHeartRadio, all the various outlets that this uh, Pancakes and Power Slam show is on, um, give to the Patreon if you uh, really want to keep these interviews going. Like I said, uh, that is the bulk of my that is the bulk of my week. That's the bulk of my life, other than being a husband and a father and a mental health specialist. That's that's what I do typically, and of course a journalist. Um, but the bulk of my life is getting this dissertation done. But I still make sure to put this show on and make it excellent and make it fun and exciting and interactive. The best interactive pod, wrestling podcast in the world. And um, so, yeah, if you if 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 that's if you if you could do me a favor, support the show uh, and, and, and give to the Patreon, as you can see right there. And so we can uh, keep these keep these interviews going. So what I what I don't want to do is um, have to cease the interviews because of, uh, of my time. And because um, I, I want to give you guys I want to keep giving you guys the live Q&A. We got a live Q&A next week too set up. So um, just, you know, for me to keep them coming, for me to keep my time, 
<laughs> uh, time is money. Seriously, time is money. So, um, seriously, <laughs> time is money. So uh, I spent a lot of time putting this together and, um, you know, exchange it for your support on Patreon. So that's my plug for Patreon. All right. Um, just a, some good stuff on the chat room right now. Lisa says, good interview. Thank you. Um, Gabriel saying, uh, have a good show. Thank you. Um, thank you, Wild Boy. Prime example for us black men, brother. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate that comment. Proud of you, Chris, for working to be a doctor. That's amazing. Thank you very much. Um, always supporting. I always do since you set it up. Yes, Mo. I appreciate you, man. Uh, kudos to Mo. What's your uh, matter of fact? Since you are a, uh, since you are a Patreon member, what's your um, what's your Twitter handle? Um, put your Twitter handle on there, Mo, so I can uh, so I can keep it on there. Um, give you some give you some pub. Um, good quite. There's some good reaction on there. Or ask Chris, what was your reaction when you saw Raw with Vince McMahon announcing Charlotte facing Ronda? Did you see it? Did you see it coming? Good question. Um, I saw it. I didn't see that. I didn't see it coming like that. Um, uh, at the Mo eighty five. Okay, there we go. Good stuff. Uh, Sports Huddle's now signing up on Patreon. Man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, man. Kimbo's saying good luck on your assignment. Pray everything works out as planned. Thank you much, man. Appreciate that. Uh, big, big applause. Sports Huddle gets an applause. Signing up now for Patreon. So you get an applause when you sign up for Patreon. Um, also, this is what we'll do. Um, we'll also uh, have some live um, We'll have some live call-ins, too. So for those people who are members of the Patreon, you'll have the opportunity to call in live and uh, be a part of the show live. Of course, you already know it's a PG show. Um, no profanity. Sometimes wrestlers slip, <laughs> slip some here and there. But all every single wrestler um, <clears throat> that's been on the show has been told that uh, it's a PG show. So uh, uh, the, um, the, the PNP Nation knows that as well. Uh, for those who are a member of Patreon, uh, we'll start uh, having some uh, actual live call-ins for y'all to be involved uh, in the um, uh, in the live uh, live discussion as well over the phone, recorded for the annals of history for every single person to hear you be a part of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. So, go join the Patreon. <clears throat> W for those who are listening audio, it's www.patreon.com slash pancakes and power slams. Uh, Mahmood, uh, so I didn't I didn't see it coming like that, but I did know that um, I didn't know there was going to be a triple threat. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Somehow Becky is going to be inserted back in there. It is scheduled to be a triple threat match. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Gross is asking, Axe Chris, will we change it to Axe Dr. Chris? Um, you know, my my, my wife and uh, my, my close friends will uh, will say that I'm a 
very uh, humble and modest guy. Um, it will be. It's going to be weird uh, for people to call me Doctor Chris. To be honest with you, but I'm starting to get um, some encouragement. Uh, people saying, you know what, you you've worked your butt off for so long, and I am a I am <clears throat> amidst of. I think there's like three percent um, of black men um, that are doctors. So speaking of the elite, the the elite, um, that is a very uh, elite class. So I'm about to I'm looking it up now. What percentage of black men are doctors in the U.S.? <clears throat> we'll check it out now. Live and living color. Checking out the percentage of black men who are doctors in the U.S. I've I've looked at this a bunch of times. See if there's any updated uh, 19. Um. So. Uh, so a lot of so a lot of the. <clears throat> A lot of the data are surgeons. I'm not going to be a medical doctor. I'm going to be a PhD. I'm not be. I'm not going to be MD. I'm going to be a PhD. Um, my doctor's my doctor's going to be in forensic psychology. Um, so maybe have a PhD. Have a PhD in the U.S. Maybe that's a that's uh, data here. Um, da, 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 da. Still not still not all the data. <laughs> so obviously, <clears throat> oh, one point eight percent. Yikes! And this was as of less than a year ago, April of. Okay. Okay, so I'm seeing six points. So, so it's risen from six point two percent in two two thousand five to six point five percent in two thousand and fifteen. So this is a government site. So usually government sites uh, have are more accurate than dot coms. Um, dot govs are typically the most <clears throat> the most accurate. Dot coms, dot orgs, uh, not as accurate. And dot coms and dot nets aren't as accurate as uh, dot govs typically. So, okay, here we go. Who earns a U.S. doctorate? Race and ethnicity. Um, here's the fun part of uh, <laughs> here's the fun part of the pancakes and power slam show. Actually, you can see this stuff. So I'm gonna let you see this stuff. Actually. So uh <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show it. Um let's see. I'm gonna show it right here. Booyah. <clears throat> let's see what we can get here. Let's pull it up. Um, let's enlarge it. <clears throat> All right, y'all can read that here. So here's here's it is right above my my face here. Participation doctors earned by an underrepresented minority U.S. 
Citizens and Permanent Residents. This is the National Science Foundation. Participation in doctoral education by underrepresented minorities, U.S. citizens, uh, citizens or permanent residents is increasing as evidenced by 31% increase in the in number of doctors awarded to blacks or African-Americans over the past 10 years and a 71% increase in Hispanic Latino. Owing, owing to these growth rates right above my head here, um, the, the proportion of doctorates earned by or African Americans has risen from 6.2% 2005 to 6.5 in 2015. There you go. So, uh, as of the uh, according to the National Science Foundation, um, six and a half percent looks like. So, there you go. I'll be a part of the <clears throat> elite. The the elite. <laughs> six and a half percent. <clears throat> Um, of uh, people who have of, of blacks have doctorates, so good stuff, fun stuff, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> uh, all right, so let's do what we got here. Okay, yep. So I just uh, so I just said there. Gross said uh, you put in the hard work, you earned it, and that title's due. Thank you, I appreciate it. Appreciate it very very much. Um. Slam Cade. That's right. <laughs> uh, speaking of that, man, again, uh, it, it's it's weird to be called a doctor, but random question: what are what are y'all's careers? What do y'all do here in the chat room? We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about careers. It's a random sidebar <laughs> and talk about careers here. I know Wild Boy's a chef. I know he's a chef in Detroit. <clears throat> That's only about three hours away from me. I am um, Columbus, Ohio, as as people know how much of a diehard Buckeye fan I am. <clears throat> and uh, the funny thing is, though, I'm a <clears throat> diehard Buckeye fan, but uh, <clears throat> I am also a diehard Duke fan. And I'm very upset because the last time we checked, it was four minutes to go, and we're losing my eight points <clears throat> to Louisville, a seven-loss Louisville team. I'm a big college football fan. Whoa! Wait a minute. We came back. <laughs> oh, man. Before I got ready for the show, there was like a little over there was like a little over four minutes left. And we were losing by nine points. It went up to like 66 to like 57. Whoa, we came back. We went on a 14-3 to run with the four minutes left. That's Zion Williamson for you. R.J. Barrett, Trey Jones. I'm a huge Duke fan, college <clears throat> college basketball. We, won, we came back and won by two points. <sighs> that really made my night, actually. That is awesome. I am a happy man now. Because I, I, was, I was getting really – Upset. I was like, Louisville's ranked number sixteen. Uh, but man, we struggling against a Louisville team. But wow, we came back. That is awesome. That just really made my night. All right, so let's put some people over. See what we got. See what we got careers. Uh Kimbo says Chris Chris Day dropping facts. I appreciate you, man. Um 
Gross, uh, Rob Boy, yes, sir. You always welcome me here, brother. Yeah, man. Um, you know I can't stand Michigan, but I love Michigan, so I'll, I'll, I'll make my way up to Detroit. Drive. <laughs> uh, so when I'm heading that way, man, I'll uh, I'll tweet you and uh, either uh, be be a part of your your chef. Uh, Art. I know it's, it's it's an art when it comes to culinary, um, and uh, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Um, Gross has been in the federal government for about 20 years. Whoa, that's awesome. Mamou says, hello, we're not even talking about wrestling. This podcast is so cool. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Sports Huddle was in college working to become a sports broadcaster. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. <clears throat> Uh, sports. So, what do you want to broadcast, uh, Huddle? What's uh, what's your what's your sport of choice? Um, JHP is going to Ashford University for computer tech. Nice. Um, <clears throat> Packers and Green uh, Green Bay Packers and Brooklyn Nets fan. A father of a seven year old boy. Good stuff, man. Um, computer tech. We gotta link up, man. I wanna make some um I wanna make some uh some some upgrades. The seven year anniversary of the Pancakes and Power Slam show is in April. <clears throat> so uh, I wanna make some upgrades for like a, a new season going into see my seasons are from April to April. Uh so the seven year episode is this coming April. It's usually the right before WrestleMania. Tuesday before WrestleMania is typically <clears throat> either Tuesday before or Tuesday after. The original episode was the Tuesday after WrestleMania. I've been celebrating them typically the Tuesday before WrestleMania because in 2012, WrestleMania was a little earlier than, than normal. <clears throat> I believe it was. Um, the the manias now have become a little later because uh, because of Easter weekend being that weekend before. So uh, we'll be celebrating our seven-year anniversary here on the PNP show uh, the the Tuesday before Mania. So, um, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Um, <clears throat> Moza Cook in the U.S. Navy. Yes, Mr. Sailor. Appreciate you, man. Um, appreciate you for serving this country very much. Um, what else we got? Brandon's going to college. Uh, well, he's in college working to become a graphic designer. Brandon, that's awesome, man. I'm a very novice uh, graphic designer, very novice. <laughs> I my, my undergrads in PR, um, it's in public relations, and I, I had to take some graphic design classes, uh, more Photoshop stuff. So I'm a very, very novice uh, <laughs> graphic designer. So uh, school, I, I would love for you to school me in some graphic design, man. That's awesome. <clears throat> Sports, how you're interested in football, basketball, or wrestling? Stuff. Good stuff. I I pray that you do, uh, that you do have successful, that you are successful in, in all of those things. Cody is a machinist. Nice. What's your... Go a little bit more into that, man. What are you a machinist in? What do you What do you do? That's good stuff, Cody. <clears throat> um, thanks, Michael. God bless you, Chris. Is what Michael said. I appreciate you, man. 
Um, JSP says, if he, if I need thumbnails, you got me. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Appreciate you. Um, cool, man. Um, yes, that's, you know, that's a good, that's a really, really good point. Wow, boy. Look how many friends this podcast has made truly amazing. I, I, I agree with that. <clears throat> I agree with that. Wow, boy. Good stuff, man. We're, we're the PNP nation is a fam family. Hundred percent, man. Good, great, great comment. Michael's uh, okay. You're in computer tech too, Michael. That's awesome, man. We need each other. Let's let's depend. Let the PNP nation depend on each other and 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 really, really use each other and help each other and uh, to to grow each other's dreams, man. I'm a big dream grower. Big big dream grower. I, I love challenging people. I do this. I do that all the time. I'm a bit challenger. Uh, specifically with my faith and uh, definitely with dreams as well. I'm a big challenger. I, I, I think I love to push people. Um, so, so stuff like this, conversations like this, discussions like this absolutely makes my day. I love seeing people dream. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a millennial. I was, I'm a Gen Xer. Um, but, uh, you know, you got the, the whole YOLO thing. People would use that just terribly out of context, but you you do only live once when it comes to the fact that you just, you know, there was this, uh, I'm really big into, uh, to, to, to really, really, uh, uh, very indelible, uh, preachers, like, like some good ministers that, that, that give you a really good word is, uh, there's, there's this late minister's name's Miles Monroe. He, uh, you know, there's some things that he said that were a bit off, but he but he was a really good orator, and um, I've seen him. I saw him live. This is probably, eesh, this is probably close to 15 years back, and um, he said that the biggest, um, he said the biggest area uh, where dreams are at. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he said the biggest place where dreams are is in the grave. Because there's so many people who don't die empty. He said you have to die. He said he says that all the time. He said when he he, he just passed recently, a few years back. But he said you have to die empty. You have to make sure that your dreams are manifested <clears throat> because they're God given. You have to die empty. There's so many dreams right now in the grave that will never resurface. Because there were so many people who lived their life and did not maximize their potential. So um, that was almost 15 years ago, and that stuck with me, man. You have to die empty. You have to you have to manifest your dream. Someone's life, someone's uh, growth is depending on you. Someone's destiny is depending on you. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Got a little preachy there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's a really good. Word of advice, though, just die empty. Don't don't take your dreams to the grave with you. What what, what in the world can they do in the grave? Then just sit there. Um, all right, so let's let's see what else we got here. Um, all right, cool guys, cool cool cool. Talk about some wrestling, right? Um, Michael, you built your desktop, man. That's awesome. Michael said you really love this podcast, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, so uh, let's get into some headlines. <laughs> Here we go. 
on a somber note, ladies and gentlemen, um, um, Pedro Morales. Um, <clears throat> Uh, we we lost Pedro Morales, unfortunately. Uh, he was seventy. How was Pedro Morales? I think it was seventy-seven or seventy-six. Um, really broke some barriers. Um, <clears throat> really, really broke some barriers uh, in, in in WWE. Um, just for the uh, Hispanic community. Um, and. Uh, I think I'm trying to figure out how old he was. I think it was either 76 or 77. Um, but yeah, I was able to get the <clears throat> Intercontinental Championship. Um, okay, so he was 76. He would have been 77 in October. Um, born in uh, Colibra, Puerto Rico. So yeah, he was Puerto, Ric- Puerto Rican. And um, yeah. Retired in 1987. Wow, it's been that long since he retired. That is <clears throat> that is crazy. Time is just going flying by. So he was he retired in 1987. So he was 45. <clears throat> Interesting. You know, it's it's funny because I was uh, <clears throat> I was seeing that like sometimes people retire when they were like in their mid to late 40s, and <clears throat> a lot of people are still going nowadays. And I wonder why. Maybe. The athleticism is a little bit better now than it was before because, like, for instance, Triple H will be 50 this year um, in July, I believe. Uh, uh, Jericho will be 49 this year in, in November, I believe, is, uh, his birthday is. Batista is um, – I think he was born in 60 uh, – January of 69, I believe. So I think he just turned 50 um, in January, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Goldberg's uh, be 52 this year, so he was 45. Looks like when he <clears throat> retired. No, he debuted in yeah. So he was 45. He debuted in 59. Retired in, in 87. So he debuted when he was 17 uh, and wrestled for uh, 28 years. So that's that's awesome, man. Um, got a got his break in the WWE. Um, 1970 uh, under, of course, Vince Senior, um, the World Wrestling World Rye Wrestling Federation, um, won the United States Championship in '71. Uh, um, interesting. Talk about a meteoric rise. It was less than like six weeks after he debuted. Um, yeah, uh, <clears throat> let's see. So November, so he debuted November twenty first, nineteen seventy. He won the United States Championship, <clears throat> the WWWF. Um, yeah, GSP, uh Thank you. Um, be sure to drop a like and a, and, a, and a comment on on the on the stream. Thank you so much for that. Um, <clears throat> So January seventh, nineteen seventy-one. So that's about so that's about six weeks um, that he won <laughs> won a title. That's pretty interesting, man. It seemed like WWE is really trying to you know <clears throat> go international there. Um, so goes to NWA, goes to the AWA for a year, championship wrestling for Florida in the late seventies. New Japan, 
I didn't know he was interesting. So, okay, so he made a tour in 78, so it wasn't, it was just a short run in New Japan. I don't know if I ever knew that he was in 70, uh, that he was in New Japan. So he returned in 1980 and won the tag team championship with Bob Backlund in 1980. Again, a meteoric rise because he came back after being gone for a in months, he won the tag team championship, so that's pretty cool. Um, won the Intercontinental Championship um, in December of 1980, um, so that's really cool. The first man in history to be a triple crown winner—that's super, super cool. Um, trying to figure out what year he was WWE champion. Um, let me let me let me find out. WWE champion. <clears throat> Let me find out. Um, let's see what we got. Um, Pedro was champ uh, February eighth, nineteen seventy one, and he had it for one thousand. Wow, one thousand twenty seven days. So other than Bruno, he was the longest reigning champ. For since uh, he was the longest reigning champ, um, other than Backlund and and Bruno in the in the seventies, <clears throat> and then Hogan, of course, in the eighties, he had it for uh, four years. So really good stuff, man. <clears throat> Pedro Morales, ladies and gentlemen, good stuff, man. Uh, definitely left a legacy. 76 years old, man, and um, prayers go to the family uh, in a really tough time, um, and, and it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely good to leave a legacy, you know, to, to, to be 76 years old and be known for so much of the impact that he's made in the WWE, just from an international standpoint, just being the first Triple Crown champion, man, so good stuff. Appreciate um uh, the contribution of, uh, of Pedro Morales, uh, and, uh, again, praying for the family in this really tough time. All right. So we are talking about some scores here. <laughs> what are y'all talking about in here? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken is, uh, saying, um, him and Bruno were among the best of the seventies. Yep. Absolutely. <clears throat> Um. All right, cool. Axe Chris, so I can. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the chat right now. Um, Axe Chris, if you have any, uh, have any questions, uh, I think they're talking about basketball now here, which is which is awesome. Uh, all right, next we got uh, so Kenny Omega. Uh, what do y'all What do y'all think about the ticket party last uh, Thursday? I watched the ticket party, and um. It was interesting. Uh, I was I was expecting Kenny Omega um, <clears throat> to be a part of the show, but he he came in as the executive vice president, so he was the fourth. So he's now the fourth executive vice president. I I don't know how I feel about that. 
I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. <clears throat> Four executive vice presidents, and uh, I mean, it just. I really want AEW to succeed. I, I, I think the ticket party. I think. The, I think that that was fun. I think it was a fun type of feel to it. Um. But again, I didn't see, you know, Eric Bischoff brought up a really good point of like, man, it, it someone would be just ridiculous to think that AEW could really compete with WWE. So I don't really know their angle, honestly. I don't, I don't, I don't know their angle. Um, now I support AEW. I get, I get all types of media stuff from them. So cool, you know, kudos to AEW. Me as a journalist, I appreciate you you know, emailing me <clears throat> all the media stuff. And um, uh, so, so cool. I, I'm cool. <clears throat> I'm buddies with Christopher Daniels. Um, so I definitely support the heck out of, you know, him. I've had him on the show. I've had Hangman Page on the show. Looks like he's, uh, they're, they're trying to make him be one of the top guys um, uh, in, in AEW. <clears throat> the match between him and Pac should be pretty cool. Double nothing. They They sold out. So all you know, I'm all for that. They've got a movement going on. That's that's quite clear uh, that AEW uh, has a movement going on. So the bar is set pretty high, and a lot of times, man, when you're in those positions and the bar is so high, you got to deliver because the expectation is just skyrocketed for you to just have to live up to the hype. Um, so yeah, it, it's there's a there's some high hopes for double or nothing in Las Vegas in May. Some very high hopes. You know how, as Daniel Bryan would say, fickle, fickle wrestling fans can be. Uh, with all this hype and all this big expectation, if the delivery doesn't come through, yeah, um, it can be it can be a very bad sign. With uh, with with AEW, I'm I'm hoping the best for them. I really hope that they do well. They need more star power. I would be honest. Uh, and again, I don't know their angle. I don't know if um, <clears throat> I I don't know if they're trying to be an alternative for WWE. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Is it, they're they're not really trying to be an indie promotion because you already have your um, <clears throat> indie promotions. They're not trying to be like, you know, you have like an impact and an ROH who are like, okay, so we know WWE's all the way over there, but we're going to be best number two promotion. We're fighting over the number two promotion right now between. Um, ROH and Impact, and then of course you have New Japan, who's just using the United States as an expansion because they're doing so good in Japan. They're according the market in Japan, they're using US as an expansion, which is very smart too. Um, so I, I don't know where AEW fits in that. Uh, they're not an indie. They're not. They don't have an indie feel. Um, so that takes them away from like a PWG, CZW type of, you know, feel to it. Um, 
NWA, they they the NWA mostly do they they travel and they and they kind of base their matches at um, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and you know they've they've went to Japan um, recently, China I believe too, um, UK. So I so saw they're not going to do that. <clears throat> They're not the, the the traveling brand like the NWA is. Hmm. I don't I don't really know where they fit. To be honest, I don't I don't know where the void was for them to fit. Um. Yeah, really, I, I'm really I'm really puzzled. I don't I don't know exactly where they fit. So, hopefully, um, <clears throat> hopefully they have enough star power to just kind of carve their own spot because that's what it seems like AEW has to do. They have to carve their own spot because I just explained you you have the indie pack, you have the who's the best number two pack, you have the traveling uh, promotion pack, and you have the expansion pack. So you have all the markets covered. AEW is just kind of like a hybrid you know, so they kind of really kind of they have to carve their own pack. They have to carve their own spot. So, Evan Tech Prout, the co-host with the most man. What's going hey, on? Sir, hey, yo, sorry, fans. I'm late to get some unexpected business in the background for the my show, but I had to call on in. I'm here. No, hey, with well, no a lot worries, going on man. in the world of wrestling. Sure is. Yeah. So we're talking about um, uh, just the uh, you were you were listening as we were talking uh, as I was talking. Um, it just just the fact that they they kind of have to carve their own spot because a lot of the uh, a lot of. Um, the markets are already really covered. You have the you you have the who's the best number two market. You have the ex, uh, expansion. Well, so you have the the indie market with the uh, PCWs and the MLWs. Exactly. And the, yeah. Uh, you know. You, you know. In the, in, in the uh, PWGs, and then you have the who's the best number two market with with the impact and the okay. ROH, and then you have. Then you have the expansion market with the uh, New Japan. So AEW yeah, really don't have. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so the car. I mean, so that's even uh, that's even more pressure. Honestly, they really kind of have to carve their own spot when it comes into the world of professional wrestling right now. And so hopefully, hopefully they do that. Uh, you know, based on the ticket party, they're. You know, they're bringing in indie people. Um, they bring him back, uh, <laughs> Aja Kong, who's almost fifty. Yeah, we talked about um, that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, and so they so they they were bringing in a couple other indie indie uh, people, and of course they did the, uh, you know they 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 did uh, <clears throat> the, the 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 promotion between. Uh, Adam Page and Pac. Yeah, he did that. Um, the 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 spot between 
uh, with uh, Pentagon uh, package pile driving uh, Matt Jackson. That was <clears throat> that was an interesting spot, but I don't know. It's just, and then you got Cody teasing a mystery opponent. Not sure if you uh, talked about that or not, but Cody's teasing a mystery uh, on a mystery opponent, a mystery tag partner. I think mystery tag partner. Mm-hmm. So, like like you said, all the, all the areas covered. Yeah. Is, I mean, is where where you gonna fit in that? Because it's pretty darn crowded right now. Yeah, it's pretty crowded. And then you have the, the face off with with Omega and Jericho. Everybody knows how big of a Jericho fan I, I am. <clears throat> Top five all time. We already saw Jericho lose to Omega at New Japan, you know, in Wrestle Kingdom. So like it's at this point it's like okay yeah you get the face off and you get the you get the the scuffling and the hold them back and stuff like that but how much how much of a marquee feel does Jericho Omega have to the hardcore fans if you know Jericho's notorious for putting people over unfortunately and we already saw him put Omega over so it's hard to believe that Jericho's actually going to go over Kenny Omega. I don't I don't see that happening. I would be surprised pleasantly surprised if that happened, but I don't see Jericho going over Kenny Omega. So it's like what is that really being set up for? You know, I just I don't know. It's I'm not I I'm I'm I hope they they do very well. Um but I don't I don't I don't know where they fit. So, um, Gross is asking, would it be a better idea for AEW to directly compete with NXT? Um, NXT, I think that that would probably be the best angle, would be kind of like a competitor for NXT. Yeah, uh, that probably is really the best angle. Um, but even with NXT, though, it still has a feel to it. Like, NXT has yeah. an indie feel. It's like a glorified indie show. You know, yeah, it, um, does. it still has that indie feel to it. So, AEW seems like it's purposely not trying to have an indie feel. They're bringing a bunch of money to the promotion to have, like, these big parties and these big events. 10,000 people uh, at All In. Um, so it doesn't, so it certainly doesn't, if AEW, and of course, in order to get all the money that they're paying, they, they want to sell out big arenas. <laughs> if you're not going to, you're not going to have all this money from the con family just to sell out, you know, 2,500 seat arenas. If you want to make money from your promotion and keep people on the roster. Uh, so the goal is to have big gates for sure. Um, big, t- t- you know, television deals. There's some talks that there's, you know, two big stations right now that's closing in. Um, but the goal is to, of course, you want to make your money back and profit heavily, and you mm-hmm. mostly do that from from gate, you know, from from the gate. So, I don't know, man. I mean, in order to do that, you gotta you gotta have, you know, seven eight thousand seat events. You know, uh, on, on a on a current basis, you got to have. Um, I mean, if you're paying, if you're if you're paying, especially 
Jericho saying that he he's uh, having a, a deal that he's never had before, and and Omega. Um, uh, you have Omega and the Bucks um, turning down, you know, high deals. You, you know, I've even yeah. heard seven figures for for uh, for them. So if you're turning down that, uh, I mean, you're getting some money in your pocket, and the yeah, Con family is certainly going to be okay. So how are you making this money back? <laughs> We're not just going to waste money in this project. You got to make it back. So. Selling out arenas, big seat arenas. In order to do that, you're going to have to maintain good momentum with this product. You can't make it have an indie feel, or you'll get an indie draw. You'll get an indie turnout. So you got to make mm-hmm. it a, a big fight feel. You got to have the star power to keep, you know, um, to keep having uh, events that that draw a lot of people. So. We'll really see how it goes. And my my thing is still, and we want it we want it to work. We hope it works, but it's so congested right now of the other companies going on. Where you gonna fit in? And what are you going to do to make yourself stand out from everyone else? Yep. <laughs> You know, I, I had to throw yep. in Leecher because I love Leecher Underground. They're different because they're like an episodic TV show with wrestling. But, yep. the, you know, the the RHs and the Impacts and, and New Japans and MLWs and PWG and Wrestling from California, you know, all these other shows, what can you do that's going to separate you not only from WWE but from all of the other Four, five, six companies that you hear about mainstream. Yep. And I want them to succeed. It will take a lot of work. Jericho signed the three-year deal. You know he has money. I know TV deal was in the works. I know that for a fact. You know mm-hmm. the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega's there now. Taja Khan, gosh, you know she about sixty. <laughs> yeah. So like, dang, she still wrestled. <laughs> I remember her and, yeah. and doing the Monday Night War. She was about forty. Right, right. <laughs> and, and I love her work, like dang. And and, and yeah, I gotta give a personal shout out to um, Naya Rose, uh, a good, good person I've known. I've known uh, this wrestler for god six seven years. I personally watch you know them grow, and uh, you know now. They signed with AEW, so I gotta give a shout out. Give gotta give a shout out to my buddy. Nice, good stuff. Shows on Twitter. A couple um, days late, but you know. Yeah, uh, Russ is asking what wrestler would give AEW that big push to the mainstream. Kenny Omega is not mainstream. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not. He's he's fantastic, but he's he's not mainstream at the moment. That's for sure. Uh, we talked about this uh, a few weeks back. I, I say Batista. I say Batista would be that name. Uh, I think Punk as a commentator um, would bring some interest to AEW, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say the interest would stay because he'd just be a commentator. Um, the big name would be. I mean, Batista would really be the person because you know he's Hollywood now. So. Um, that's really my only person I can think of uh, as far as a mainstream name. 
Um, let's see. Um, all right. So let's let's talk a, real quick. Let's talk about uh, uh, New Beginnings. I watched New Beginnings. Solid show. Um, <clears throat> very solid show. Uh, Wild Boy, uh, do you think, uh, ex Chris, do you think the Bucks will ever regret turning down that deal from WWE? Um, it's it's really dicey at this point, man. It really is. I mean, <clears throat> there's been zero AEW show, <laughs> so we don't uh, we have no idea how this is going to go. So there's there's a big risk. I applaud the heck out of, of I applaud the heck out of of them for taking the risk. Um, it takes some kahunis <laughs> to to do that for sure from a business standpoint. But they're being fed money from the Khan family, which helps them. Uh, so it's a risk, uh, but it's calculated, which is very smart. Um, because uh, the money that they're using is uh, not their own bank account. <laughs> so very smart, similar with Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner. So uh, it's smart, but they've got to, they've got to calculate it. They've got to bring people. I mean, Khan's bringing the money. They've got to bring the people. So they've brought the people that they've, they've sold out. You know, they, they, their party, their rally was, you know, was, was packed. Their party was packed. So they're bringing the people. Um, <clears throat> the hype is there. It's just, it's just that, <clears throat> like I said, you know how wrestling fans are fickle, and if you don't have a product that sustains, uh, they'll turn your turn your they turn their back on you as quick as a big show heel turn, <clears throat> uh, quicker than a big show heel turn actually. Uh, so <clears throat> we'll see. Um. I'll let you all know if Becky wrestles, even though she's hurt from the storyline. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the 23rd. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, let me know if Becky wrestles. Um, all right. So, uh, New Beginnings. I watched New Beginnings. I, I enjoyed the show. Uh, mm-hmm. As we, as I talk about New Beginnings, sure. uh, go and put your Raw and SmackDown. Um, put your Raw and SmackDown grades on there as well as we talk about New Beginnings. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I thought it was a solid show. Um, I enjoyed the uh, I enjoyed the junior heavyweight title match. Um, you know, uh, Taguchi's uh, uh, a legend. And so, uh, here's here's my thing. When 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 um, um, Ishii, when, uh, <clears throat> Ishimori when he when he uh, called out Juice and Thunder Liger, I've been a I've been a Liger mark for ever since I was a kid. <laughs> I've been a huge Liger mark since like the early nineties. Uh, and you know, the guys <laughs> like pushing 60 at this point. Um, and I don't know how old like, let me see. I think he's like in his early fifties, maybe. No. Um, well, here's my thing. I think they said he was like 18 times junior champ. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, you know what, man? I wish that this, this, the, the kid in me. I wish that this um, leads to a Liger Ishimori match at Dominion, <clears throat> so I can spread this out and all the way until uh, June, and 
So he'll be 55 this year. Uh, Juice Liger will be 55 this year. Um, <clears throat> so I wish that they spread this out to Dominion. We have the feel-good moment because Dominion is like the second biggest pay-per-view of the year uh, for New Japan. So my hope is that this sets up for, you know, me have, for me to have my kid again moment again, have Liger win the, the, the junior title again. It doesn't have to be for long, but have him win again. Why not? He's been junior champ. Let's see how many times he's been junior champ. 11 times. 11 times junior champ. Uh, Six-time junior tag team champ. Man, that guy's a legend. That guy is a legend. Um, Light heavyweight champ. WWE light heavyweight champ. Really? Because I know they had the light. Liger was champ? Light heavyweight? Okay, he was he was light heavyweight champion in 1997. Okay. So won the light heavyweight championship. Because uh, I know that they did. <clears throat> okay, so it was. So the, the light heavyweight championship was in Japan a lot in Mexico in the 80s. So he won in in, in the 90s too. <clears throat> um, so he had in a 97 um, and then it was recognized by the WWE um, in 97 <clears throat> when Taco won it. So there you go. All right. Let's uh, and then uh, of course Big fan of uh, you know Okada is my favorite. Uh, like him, him the match to him and Fale was good. Um, I like the fact how they still uh, it, it's still because uh, I, I love the I love the tandem of uh, Kevin Kelly and uh, Don Callis. I love that's probably my yeah. that's probably my my best announcing team in in, in wrestling right now um, and. I like the fact that they were still playing on the fact that if he lost, he would be further away from the title scene. And Austin said something really good years ago on his podcast. He was like, <clears throat> you know, the top stars are the people who somehow still keep themselves close to the world title scene. And he said, either you're in a world title uh, picture or somehow you've been there. There's, been a heel that's 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 taken you away, that's that's uh, distracted you from from focusing on the title, and you break off and you have that non-title feud with the heel. But somehow they still kind of wrap you around to get back to the title scene, and and then you have those throughout your career. You have the heels that kind of take you away from it, but you still kind of get yourself self back into it. And I appreciate that. Uh, concept and I think it really uh, shows, and, and we're seeing that with Okada now too. So, so they're they're plugging it as, you know, he's been away from the title uh, picture uh, more than he's ever been. If he loses against Fale, you know, he'll, he'll get even further away from it. Um, but he beat Fale, so that, that kind of gave him momentum to get back to the title scene. So, I like that. I like the little subtleties and the nuances when it comes to when it comes to that. And um, 
So, I mean, you know, there there was a lot of other matches that I, I thought it was a solid show um, uh, all together. But for time purposes, I do want to talk about Jay White winning the title. Yeah, I'm um, I, I, yeah, I know. I know it's evident that they wanted to push him to the moon. Last year, he beat uh, Kenny Omega, he beat uh, Tanahashi, and he beat uh, Kazushka Okada. Um, I mean, they, they wanted to push him to the moon. That's very clear. He beat uh, he beat Okada at, at Russell Kingdom, but it was it's just it was. Yeah, it, it was just surprising to me that they that they only yeah. that Tanahashi only had the title for a month. Felt kind of um, rushed. Yeah, yeah, I did feel kind of rushed. I don't know. Jay White has a ton of potential. I like his gimmick. I like the switchblade gimmick. I love the heel gimmick. There's not a lot of true heels nowadays, and Jay White's definitely a true heel. I like all of that. I just it was just just a little premature to me. Um, maybe Dominion would have been a better time to win it. Um, but yeah, it, it felt a little bit rushed to me. So I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, but you know, maybe he'll lose it. At, maybe he'll lose it at Dominion. So Gross is asking, will AW be the new, new GFW? Um, no, cause GFW is trying to find a TV deal and trying to really come up from the ground and they really never got a chance. Uh, Tony thinks Jay White's boring. Gross thinks Jay's Jay White's a quick replacement for Omega. Well, Omega was a babyface when he when he left. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's really kind of like the replacement for Okada because Okada, you know, when he he had that meteoric type of rise as a as a heel, um, and then he became you know the biggest babyface of the uh, of the company other than Tanahashi. So. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not sold on Jay White, honestly. Not yeah. yet as a top player. Um, I think he's I think he's really solid. I think he's got a ton of potential, young kid. Um, but not yet to me, honestly. So, um, and then his Bullet Club affiliation too. Yeah, he yeah, uh, uh, Huddle. He's he's. Uh, the the new leader of the Bullet Club too, and that was weird to me. That that was weird. So, um, hey, can, can, perfect. How I think do that's you feel? Thing. Uh, real quick, uh, perfect says Kudo Bushi will win the New Japan Cup and lose to White MSG. I can see that happening. What are you saying, Evan? Just curious, you know, your your thoughts too, and even um the fans now. I feel like hasn't the time passed for the Bullet Club? I think it then ran its course. It's cool. Let it go. I know the merchandise still sells, <laughs> but it's getting to the point where we get to the silver and black era of the NWO. You know, I, my man Stevie Ray just had him on the night. We jumped up that the black and white NWO, the like the the C level. It's starting to get like the horse holding. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Can we can we get past it? It ran its course. I loved the Bullet Club when it was hot, but I got some people. I guess it still has some life, so I guess they want to use it as a catapult for some newcomers. But yeah, merch. I'm man. like, just let it go. Merch, this, please. I mean, the merch is like if the merch is still from selling. Business, yeah. yeah, yeah, the merch is still selling, man. Yeah, so from merch from a business standpoint, that 
I think there's still life in the Bullet Club. I think they could have. I think they still can have life in the Bullet Club. Um, Kenny Omega leading it was was good. Um, they tried to do like the American version when Adam Cole led it. You know, in in ROH, they like they had like the American Bullet Club with Adam Cole leading, and then the Japan Bullet Club with Kenny Omega leading. That was a bit odd to me. Um, I think that was kind of like Wolfpack, and <laughs> it was kind of like black and white Wolfpack to me. Um, but yeah, I think if you have a good leader, I don't think Jay. To me, Jay White doesn't really fit in the Bullet Club. To me, it, like his whole thing is to kind of be by himself. But him leading the Bullet Club, Tony's saying that Tomatonga is Tomatonga actually said that uh, Jay White's the leader of the Bullet Club. So, so he's the leader. Um, but yeah, I, I like Tom and talking a lot too, actually. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Just weird to me. Um, I, I just really don't see Jay White as the leader of the Bullet Club. I actually said, I think Pac should have been the leader of the Bullet Club. I think, I think they, I think they should have gotten Pac because the thing is you want to make a bullet, you want to make the Bullet Club just be super duper heels with someone who can really put that character in there. I think Pac would have been a good leader of the book club, honestly. Um, but yeah. All right. So, uh, Raw and SmackDown thoughts. Um, I don't see any grades. What's your, what's your raw? Okay, here we go. Um, Mamu, Raw C minus SmackDown live C, uh, wild boy raw for Kofi. I agree with that. I'm, I loved what they did with Kofi Kingston on SmackDown. 100%. Yeah, I'm glad he did that. Um, yeah. Love yep. That. I was a big fan of that, too. <clears throat> um, Raw was not, yeah, it didn't woo me uh, very can, can much. Ambrose the Phoenix Man was boring. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, it, it, yeah. I mean, can, can we, I, I'm, not, I'm not against Ambrose, but I'm like, can we, yeah, I mean, can you just hurry up and go to AEW or go to Impact? He's just really being misplaced right now. Like, he, and it's just, not Ambrose's fault. Right. No, it's, it's not Ambrose's fault. Yep, I agree. Um, What else happened on Raw that was... Um, yeah, nothing really. The six-man was a, a bit boring. I, it's just it's tough for me to see Angle in the ring as a mid-carder. It's just really weird. You got a Hall of Famer that's just competing in the in the middle of the show on a Raw as in a six man match. That that's terrible to me. Revival being new tag team champs, it seems like that that was one of those. Hey, don't leave. Uh, don't leave. Hey, don't leave. Why are you leaving? First of all, we're going to put you on the Titantron in exchange in, in exchange for Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> and second of all. You didn't get the memo that we're going to make you tag team champions. Don't even attack champions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just that just totally seemed like, uh, hey, we got something for you. If you don't go, we'll make you tag champs. That, no, that's that exactly is, what I. It's like you make your wife mad or your your, your husband mad. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Let me buy you some flowers. Let me get you some candy. You know, let me buy you a yeah. pizza. Let me let me just you know, butter you up so you don't leave. I mean, the revival has not been used well since they've been in the main roster. I don't know if it's really their fault. WWE's a both. 
stay in NXT. They should have went to SmackDown, or or just go somewhere else. When they're not happy, they're not being used. And and I like what they do, but Raw is the land of the giants. They look so small in the ring. They're like yeah. little action. They remind me of the old Hasbro, Hasbro toys with the little wrestling ring. Remember those? Yeah. yeah that's what they yep. remind, remind me of in the ring. And I like the revival, but, you know, just my thoughts. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, like I said, the ending was a way to put Charlotte in there. I'm not a fan of the triple threat, but I understand it because, uh, from what I heard, they're trying to they, – they don't want Ronda to take the pin. So they they're putting Charlotte in there to protect Ronda when she comes back. She'll still have some some drawing power. So that makes sense. I just don't want it to be a um, triple threat. But um, uh, SmackDown was a, bit, a lot different to me. Um, it was it was solid. I give it like a B plus. Um, like the Better like the world. gauntlet match. I loved what they did with Kofi Kingston. And here's the thing: even before that gauntlet, even when Kofi Kingston was selected, I was like, you know what? I actually wouldn't be opposed to Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Like Kofi Kingston finally has his crowning moment. He's, you know, he's uh tag team champion. I mean, he's been the uncrowned world champion. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's had his dues. He's been in there for what, 11 years. Um, I, I would be okay with 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 Kofi being WWE champ. Honestly, I mean there hasn't been a black WWE champ. Um, I'll be totally fine with Kofi being champ. I, with him, you know, you, New Day usually have their big spot at Mania. Um, I'm sure that Biggie and and and, uh, and and Xavier Woods would be totally fine with coming out with with Kofi at Mania. Um, yeah, I'll be fine with it. <clears throat> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have them feud with anybody in the New Day. New Day does not need to be split at all. They they're going to make their Hall of Fame as the New Day because if they break up, they'll go back into just oblivion again. <laughs> the, the the New Day was created because there were three characters who were doing just about nothing, and WWE would put them back there if they split. They don't ever need to split. All right, so real quick, um, we only have about five or so minutes. Um, so let's get into the flavor of the week, and then we'll get into the uh, into the predictions. Here we here we. <laughs> here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right. Elimination Chamber Trivia. Quick. Daniel Bryan successfully defended the World Heavyweight Championship at which Elimination Chamber? The first one. Um, all right, so let's talk about Taker's Streak right quick before we talk about Elimination Chambers. Um, Peter said you disagree. Think Biggie had a good singles run. He didn't have a good singles run after his uh, after his IC title. He, he went back into jobbing. He jobbed to Rusev a bunch of times. And that IC title was just a, 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 a kind of a, a moment, but they, he went back into oblivion after that. Um, 2012, good job. Whose voice is that for the Flavor of the Week? Axe that again next week, and you'll find out. <laughs> next, what was the first year Elimination Chamber became a pay-per-view? 
first year. I'll drop the, uh, the card here. The pay-per-view, not a, not an event, a paper, the actual pay-per-view. All right, so let's talk about the streak real quick. A couple minutes here and talk about the streak from 04 to 08. So WrestleMania 20 was against Kane. I love that. That was uh, yeah, his um, Kimbo. Good job, 2010. Yeah, I love 04 uh, because he was gone. He had he still was he was still in the ABA character. He was still he was kind of like in the you're going to pay biker taker at that point. Oh uh, three, and then he came back with the hair out. Well, he grew the hair longer. It was still uh, kind of neck neck level. Um, but yeah, he went back to Deadman Taker, so I was a big fan of that. It wasn't so. bad. 05, yeah, 05, Randy Orton. Um, decent. Decent. Yeah, decent match. Decent match. It wasn't a lot of hype to it. Um, the streak was, you know, this is when the streak really became a thing. Um, it didn't seem like Orton was going to break it, but in 05 and Orton, you know, 25 years old, I think he was still 24 at the time. Um, you know, big moment for Orton. Um, so, you know, kudos to that. 20, uh, uh, 22 was Henry. Mark Henry, as uh, Tony Atlas would say. Still someone who was like, okay, you're yeah. not going to beat the streak. It was still, an, it was still a good opportunity for Mark Henry. Yeah. It was a casket match. Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Uh, uh, good, good call. Good request, GHP. More brackets. Uh, tweet me with bracket ideas. I like that. Um, and then twenty, and then two thousand eight was Edge. That was really that was a real that good, was a good match. one. That was actually good. Uh, you um, made a minute. That was two thousand. Okay, two thousand seven was Batista. There was actually some talk that Batista was actually going to end it, um, but I was glad that. Taker won, but uh, that match was pretty solid too. And then uh, Edge was really good, actually. Um, that was actually one of his best ones. All right, Elimination Chamber. Let's uh, tackle this real quick. Um, got like one minute left. Um, here we go. What was the first pay per view given two Elimination Chamber matches in one night? Um, the first year was 2010. I think someone already got that. Uh, who was the? What was the first pay per view? Which was the first pay per view to have two elimination chamber matches in one night? All right. Real quick, Strowman versus Corbin for elimination for elimination chamber this year. Uh, Strowman. Yeah, of course. Uh, lastly, in Russ versus Valor. Uh, lastly. Yep, I agree. Uh, Rousey versus Riot. No, uh, that's easy, Rousey. Um, Ronda, Ronda. Yeah, I, 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 I no, agree. no, no, Brandon. Buddy Murphy versus the Keeper Sazawa. Buddy, they're gonna they're gonna run with Buddy for a bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. Oh man, that's tough. That's turn over to you. Who do you think? Oh, I think Daniel Bryan keeps it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I, I was hoping they do something different, but Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah. I'll just keep on. Uh, 
Mizdo Mac um, against the Usos. I want the Usos to win. I, I just can't get with this Miz and, and Shane O'Mac thing. This is weird to me. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love Miz. I love Miz and Shane. I'm thinking that <clears throat> I'm thinking that this may be where the turn is, where, where Miz turns on Shane and, and the Usos win. That could happen. Uh, we're gonna see a turn, but it could happen there. Or it could happen at it could happen at Fastlane. Actually, it might happen at Fastlane. Yeah. Maybe uh, no way out. Two thousand eight. So good job. And then who wins the women's tag team titles? Who wins the is tag that team titles? Correct. Is, uh, is that Sasha? Right? Sasha's in the main, isn't it? Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, I said Sasha and Bailey. I think a heel team's gonna win it, and then Sasha and Bailey get their comeuppance. So maybe like a Nia and Tamina. <clears throat> Safe bet is Bailey and Sasha, but I think Bailey and Sasha may have their moment at Mania. Um, <clears throat> last last one. What was the only pay per view to host an elimination chamber match for the ECW Championship, and who won? Two parter, real quick. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. 359 episodes in the books uh, Big, 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 big thank you To Chris Masters um, yes. Review, great, great uh, Great, great uh, time With, with, with uh, Chris Masters they, yeah, Oh, good job, uh, Mahmoud December, December 2006, Bobby Lashley Until next week, ladies and gentlemen Always uh, remember <laughs> Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Now extended through January 31st. You can join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Located at 5010 West Overland Road. Offer expires January 31st. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details. At Planet Fitness, you can get down with your judgment-free self. Now extended through January 31st. You can join for only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Planet Fitness has cardio, weights, and locker rooms that sparkle like a glass of New Year's champagne. Only $1 down, $10 a month, no commitment. Join in-club or online at planetfitness.com. Planet Fitness, the judgment-free zone. Located at 5010 West Overland Road. Offer expires January 31st. Annual membership fee applies. Participating locations only. See club for details. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.